Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. I realize that sounded really weird, but I'm gonna keep it today. Hey everybody, I don't know. So welcome back to the Sex Wrap. We're really excited to be here uh, talking to you about love and sex and relationships. Um, And I'm here with Spring, who's once again back in California. How are you doing, Spring? Shh, it's a secret that I'm here. Oh, well, um, I'm gonna be telling all of your dirty secrets today. Okay, that's um, it. Was, this podcast is over for today. So thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed that 30 seconds. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm really excited to be here uh, with you and I'm glad that we can make this work. You would not believe the crazy tech setup that we have um, going right now. Multiple microphones, we're seeing each other through our phones, we're recording into my computer from afar. Technology is crazy. We are really good at crazy tech setups to make this happen by now. It's super fun. Uh, <laughs> and by fun, I mean, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Um, but speaking of things that are actually super fun, um, we have a giveaway that's going to be starting. Um, and it's our 20,000 Instagram follower giveaway. It's a great big bag full of all kinds of lube and condoms and insertive condoms and other kinds of lube and f- Flavored <laughs> condoms and latex condoms and magnum con like essentially it'll set you and your friends up for at least one or fifteen nights of protection. I think quite a few nights of protection. And yeah, we're super excited to have our uh, Instagram following hit uh, 20,000 right around the corner. So make sure you're one of those followers to be in the running. Uh, So uh, Instagram 20K giveaway on the way. Just rhyming way with way. That's not a very good rhyme. Um, But today, uh, this episode has been a long time coming. Coming. God, that's terrible, terrible. Um, No, so today uh, we are going to be answering several questions about cum and pre-cum. So we've had a ton of people ask about it. Um, We have a bunch of questions asking, how do I increase my cum shot? Um, Then we have the question, I really don't like cum or cum is gross. A whole bunch of versions of that. What can I do? And then finally, we're going to be talking about how much pre-cum is normal. So Spring, how do you feel about a cummy episode? I mean, I'm going to tell your secret. Andrew has been dying to record this episode about how to increase a cum shot for, I don't know, maybe two years. Like, I think as long as we've been recording this podcast, he just keeps saying, how about we do that one today? (laughs) Well, I mean, the reason I want to talk about it is because (gasps) these questions come up all the time. And I always want to, like, pick people's brains about why they're asking this kind of question. Um, And I think before we can even get to how can I increase my cum shot, we have to ask, like, why do these questions come up so frequently? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, the, it is true that we get these same questions over and over. So, yes, it has been a long time coming. And yes, we are finally answering this question today. Um, mostly I'm just answering it. So Andrew stops bringing it up with me. Um, but yeah, why do people want to know how to get a bigger cum shot? I mean, 
I think the answer is fairly obvious because they've watched porn where there have been bigger cum shots and then there are people going, oh my God, look how much cum there is and like fetishizing how much cum there is. And then we're all conditioned to think that more cum is better. And oh my God, we have to get more cum. I mean, that's just off the top of my head though. Well, well, I mean, right. I think it goes back to the the kind of conversation that we've been having for the last almost three years about body insecurity, right? And we know that we, like, we very frequently talk about how pornography negatively impacts women's perceptions of their bodies or what sex should look like and how it gives men these really weird expectations. And I think most of the questions about how can I get a bigger cum shot are about, the, like, they're all in the same kind of like fake porno, like pornography is fake, pornography is a fantasy. Most of the time when you see a giant cum shot in pornography, it's fake anyway, where they have like a squirty bottle. You can see articles on it on the internet if you want to read about how you fake a big cum shot. Um, I'm pretty sure most of the time with your partner, though, like or partners, that you don't want to have that fake cum shot. Um, <laughs> can you imagine like having this all set up in the background and then just like spraying your partner down? <laughs> oh, my God. Cornstarch. And corn <laughs> syrup. No, I don't know. I don't even know what the recipe not is. what I but want. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, but I also think we can talk that uh, most of the time when we're talking to people's sexual partners about cum shots, um, it's not something most people want. More. Like Some people want a whole bunch, right? Some people do fetishize semen, and it's fine. But most of the time, people are like, I want a little bit less to clean up. Um, I don't want it all over the place. I don't want to have to change the sheets. I don't want it dripping out of me all night. I mean, I think most of the time, just like penis size, like the majority of people are just fine with what their partner produces, right? <laughs> and then the rest of the people are like, Ugh, I don't like it, or there's, there's too much. Um, but... I mean, so so men, the men who are listening or men's partners who are listening, like people don't care about how much cum you make. Yeah. I mean, so you're talking about like these insecurities that people have. And I think, yeah, it is kind of just like an extension of penis size. Right. So it is this idea that people have kind of um, conditioned themselves into thinking bigger is better in this sense as well. And so then people start to feel a little upset if they feel like they're not measuring up to that. Um, But let's talk about maybe how much cum is normal. So how much, like what should a cum shot look like, Andrew? I'm going to ask you. You're going to ask me what a cum shot should look like. <laughs> so one to two teaspoons is considered completely normal. That is not a lot. It's like up to 10 milliliters is considered. That is like, if you don't do a lot of baking and you don't know what a teaspoon is, like a teaspoon is smaller than like a spoon you're eating your soup with. So like really two teaspoons like could fit in like a, a spoonful. So we're talking about not a lot of cum here. Right. Not a lot of cum is absolutely normal. I mean, there's a huge variation in how much men can produce, right? Some men, it's just a few drops. Some men, it's a tablespoon or more, right? Like you can get Really big, but most men produce one to two teaspoons. I'm pretty sure the people who submitted these questions are producing one to two teaspoons, but they're used to seeing those pornography based cum shots, which are a quarter of a cup, right? We're getting into baking terms. Um, <laughs> sorry to our European listeners. Um, we're using these ridiculous American uh, measures of semen. Um, no, but I mean, it's really not very much. The average is, is 
not a ton. Um, and, and hint, when most ejaculate for healthy men has like one ejaculate has 200 to 600 million sperm. So you don't need a lot for there to be a lot of sperms running around. Right. And the actual amount of ejaculate is not related to how many sperm are in there either or how healthy your sperm are. So there's no way to tell by the amount of ejaculate kind of what's going on with your sperm or like mobility or anything like that either. So I think, you know, it really is just this uh, idea that there's more is sexier in some sense that is kind of driving this desire. Um But I think that we can also look at, so not only kind of what is normal, but like we know that people have variations in what is normal throughout their lifespan, throughout even, you know, a course of a few months, right? So like what types of things impact like why one day somebody has a much bigger cum shot than another day? I mean, I think that we can say there are some things that do increase your cum shot. Some of them, like being young, you don't have a whole lot of control over. So as men age, it goes down. Um, But then, like, scientifically, we do know there are some things that can increase it, like waiting longer between orgasms, right? So if you wait a longer period of time, so you wait like two or three days, uh, typically the cum shot will be bigger. Um, if you're well hydrated, and usually this is hydration with non-caffeinated or like hydrated with water. So if you drink more water, typically you'll have a bigger cum shot. The cum shot will be waterier, like more <laughs> fluid, more liquid. Um, there's also some sexual techniques like edging. We've talked about that a few times that can increase mm-hmm. the cum shot as well. Um, and edging is whenever you get yourself up to that point of no return, but you don't hit it. And then you stop and cool down and you do that, you know, for minutes or hours, even, you know, like you do it multiple so times. By that point of no return, Andrew means like you're about to orgasm, like you feel like you're about to orgasm, but you stop right before you orgasm. And so that is just kind of like setting you up for more ejaculate because it's like getting ready, getting ready, getting ready, and then getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. <laughs> yeah. So it just fills up all of those glands. Um, ejaculatory inevitability. That's the scientific term for point of no return. Um, sounds like a, like a Tom Cruise movie or something like that. Point of no return. Anyway, um, I think the other the other really kind of concerning uh, part of this question for me is that the internet is full of really bad information about this. Uh, there are tons of websites that will try to sell you pills to increase it. Um, the one I just saw today when I was looking at this information was called The Ropes um, which is sponsored by a porn star. It's kind of like the people that Instagram people who sponsor thing. Like overall, we know that pills are not going to change your overall amount of ejaculate. Now we're not talking illegal drugs. Like there's some information about steroids that could change it. Mostly they decrease it, most kinds of steroids. But um, no, there aren't over-the-counter pills where you can take them. Um, I saw a thread on Reddit. Um, it was Wait, I can't even remember the name of the thread, but it was like, take these seven different supplements, horny goat weed and soy lecithin. And there's no scientific backing behind any of it. Um, So stay hydrated, edging, and then more time between orgasms are ways that you can increase your uh, overall cum shot. But I think we should finally say like the, but I don't know. But there's no reason to actually need to increase the size of your cup shot. So we're saying, first of all, let's examine why why you think you need to increase the size of the cum shot. Think about what it is actually that you do want to do. Like, do you 
think that it's going to feel better if you have a larger cum shot because that's also not the case. Like, do you think that your partner is going to be more turned on? Do you think you're going to feel more successful as a man in some way? Like, let's let's get to what feeling this is that you think you are relating this to. And then let's figure out how to increase that wanted feeling in another way because I don't think you're necessarily going to get your cum chat much bigger and also it doesn't matter so (laughs) right now if we're talking about better orgasms or stronger (laughs) orgasms there's lots of stuff that we can talk about that works like better communication or better cardiovascular (laughs) health like if you go running and you have better overall blood flow to your whole body, a better flood flow to your penis. And we could talk about Kegels, like men who do more Kegels typically have better, stronger orgasms because you've exercised the muscles that are spasming during orgasm, right? So there are things you can do for stronger orgasms, but I don't think the research is out there to support, you know, if I squirt like Peter North and have a huge cum shot, I'll have better overall sex. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think though, um, we... Like, again, like starting to talk about uh, some of these other things that you brought up. These are all things, um, you know, that kind of just making sure that you're in good health, like being hydrated, getting regular cardiovascular exercise, sleeping enough, having a good diet. All of these things actually impact your ability to have a good sex life in various different ways. And so that is kind of overall important advice, I think, to, you know, um, consider how all these other factors and these things you're doing in your life do actually impact your ability to have a lovely sex life with or without a partner and uh, your ability to really communicate about those things, too, because you do actually when you're feeling better, you know, you're more likely to even be able to communicate more and talk about things when you're like feeling great and feeling ready. Um, So we will be back uh, right after this break to keep talking about come. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, This is my worst nightmare. (laughs) This this show is just full of semen. Um, yeah, this is the this oh God, is the so navy of the sex rap. The navy. This is the navy episode. Yeah. Yep, um, semen everywhere. So the second question is actually a whole bunch of questions that we're combining into one. Um, it's all come grosses me out. I don't like come. What can I do? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Andrew? <laughs> well, well, I mean. I think this is a really good question. Um, For me, whenever somebody asks me this, I'm like, okay, of course it's weird. Sex is weird. It looks weird. It smells weird. It tastes weird. Um, A lot of those tastes are acquired. Like the first time you smell someone's genitals, you're like, oh, that's different and new and I'm not used to it and I'm probably not that into it. Um, And I think semen is very much the same way. also, I think pornography is really instrumental because in pornography, people are like, oh, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever had. This is delicious. And I love it. Oh, my God, more, please. Uh, in real life, semen is bitter and salty and sweet, and it smells kind of bleachy. And if someone has a bad diet, right, or doesn't exercise mm-hmm. or eats a bunch of junk or is on a ton of different weird supplements or doesn't eat fruits and vegetables, like there's a million things that can change the flavor and consistency. Um So, I mean, that's why I think this is a good question. Yeah. And I mean, I think that 
a lot of people that talk to us about being grossed out by cum are, it's not necessarily like one person's or something that might have a bad diet or something. I think it's more this idea overall of, you know, this, what is this weird uh, thing shooting out of men and how do I handle it? And I think that, um, you know, it is partially getting used to what uh, happens in sex with your different partners. And I think it is also, um, you know, the same as the last question that we talked about, like what, what actually grosses you out here? Like what, what is it? Is it? And like start to examine and think about, you know, what, what it is that you're feeling and why. So you can kind of get to the bottom of it. Like, is it just something new that you're not used to? Is it a specific smell that reminds you of something else? Like, is it the feeling of it on your skin that you find hard to get off and it's annoying or like what, what is the actual thing? And then, um, and then let's like go a little deeper there. And like, if it is that you don't like it on your skin, then okay, let's make sure it's always going in a condom or it's going, um, on a towel or it's going somewhere that's not on your skin. Right. So we can start to think about how do we get around the little pieces of this that might be the specific part that you're worried about. And and in many ways, whenever people ask these questions, I find that in their past, they've been with a partner who I would say is uh, coercive or abusive, and they want to put their cum somewhere, right? And the person Mm. doesn't want it to happen, and they kind of do it anyway. So people end up having these really negative responses, rightfully so, right? I mean, this show, we talk about consent all the time. And if someone's trying to put semen somewhere where you don't want it, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, trans, cis, whatever it is, like, that's a problem, right? They've broken that consent. Um, so I think that we need to talk about like why people want to put it where once again, pornography comes up, like they, they show facial cum shots of pornography all the time. Um, that's not like, like, if you think about it, those cum shots that you see in pornography are meant to be visually appealing, like visually stimulating, but they're not necessarily meant to make anybody who's a part of it feel good either. Right. So sometimes not liking cum is because someone has done something before against your will. But I think for a lot of people, it's novel and it's new. And like genitals look weird and smell weird. Penises look weird. Semen smells weird. Like, why is there like this weird, white, sticky, mucusy goo all of a sudden a part of sex play? Yeah. And I mean, I think that you're talking about like this idea of people kind of relating it to something else or some past experience. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, like come is similar to snot in some ways. It's similar to spit in some ways. Like it's, it's similar to other bodily things that, you know, you might not have super sexy associations with. So I think that makes sense to like, be like, Ooh, this reminds me of something I don't like. (laughs) I think it's really, I think it's really important though. Like we gave some advice a few weeks ago about, you know, men not liking to go down on women or have oral sex on women. I think we should give pretty similar advice here though. Right? Like, yeah, Mm. you might not like it initially, um, but there's a ton of solutions that you can use as well. Like, you don't want it in your mouth, you don't get it in your mouth, right? Yeah. You put it on a towel, put it on chest, put it on a back, wherever it is. Um, make sure it's in a condom. I think it's really important to say that semen is and it, it is able to carry 
multiple uh, sexually transmissible infections as well as STDs. So we have to be really careful about where it goes to. And it also can cause pregnancy. So it's important to keep semen out of... Semen can cause pregnancy? Isn't that crazy? Ugh. OMG. But I think that's another reason why people get really freaked out about it is that like this is the thing that you have to keep away from female reproductive, uh, the vulva, the vagina, because a few drops can cause the worst STD of all. I'm not finishing that sentence for you because I don't. I don't call pregnancy an STD, but well, unwanted, uh, un- unwanted. No, I'm. It's a joke, everybody. It's a joke, kind of. So let's talk about though um, some of the safety things here. So if we are putting ejaculate in another place, um, we want to make sure there's no cuts or open sores. So like we're talking about it, um, if somebody has a sexually transmitted disease, it is carried and. It is right there, right? In the ejaculate. So, um, like, if they're, like, coming on your chest and there's, like, a little cut there or an abrasion, like, not a good idea. Um, If they're coming on your face, like, we have a lot of mucous membranes here. We have eyes. We have the lining of the nose. We have in the mouth. We have even, like, if it got in the ears, like, all of these places, there's (laughs) mucous membranes. Yeah, gross. Uh, Sorry, not gross. Cool, whatever. Whatever you like. If you're Uh, in the (laughs) ear cum shots, you should be careful, right? Like, but cum in the ear is the only one that me go, ooh. The rest of them are like, oh, it might burn. It's burned. Yeah, but we want to look out for any place where there's mucous membranes. So I think a lot of times people think, oh, you know, the vaginal area, the anus area, the uh, tip of the penis, like we think of the um, the sexual reproductive and, uh, you know, sexual insertive places as, yeah, we can get sexually transmitted diseases there, but I think we can forget about the other ways that these things can be transmitted. So when we're thinking about putting ejaculate other places, let's just really be careful and make sure that there's no broken skin, no mucous membranes, so that we're uh, reducing the risk of any sexually transmitted disease. I mean, I'm a big proponent of sex towels where you go, you get some cheaper towels that you just have around that regardless of what what's going on, if there's someone who doesn't want semen or you need to clean up semen, that there's just something that's only used for sex and then you wash it after each use because otherwise it'd get crusty. Okay. <laughs> you should see Spring's face right now. Okay. We're going to move on to question number three. Um, so, I mean, if cum is gross and you feel cum is gross, you think about why. Um, maybe you want to be a little more exploratory with it or just come up with meaningful rules with your partner. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's all about, you know, having fun with another person and sex being weird and smelling funny and the fluids being funny and drippiness, mucus all over the place. The butt makes mucus, the vagina makes mucus, the mouth makes mucus, and the penis makes mucus. Yay, mu- mucus. Okay. So, <laughs> question three here. So- the last question uh, in our trilogy about cum today is about pre-cum. So pre-cum is the fluid that is coming out of the tip of the penis before someone actually orgasms. And people want to know how much pre-cum is normal. And I mean, maybe let's talk a little bit more about what pre-cum is first. Uh, So pre-cum is this clear, usually quite sticky, viscous fluid that comes out of the penis. And what it's primary purpose is, is to neutralize any urine that might be in the penis so that any sperm that comes out isn't killed by 
the urine or the or the ammonia or any of the chemicals inside of the urine. So it's really meant to be this kind of cleansing the urethra uh, to make sure that the sperm can be okay. Um, and we know that like how much is normal, I think, is a really interesting question. And it came from different people. Um, so how much is too much versus how much is not enough? Um, so science says uh, anywhere from a few drops or less to five milliliters. There's a lot of men who don't even know that they pre-come. Like it's a very tiny amount. Um, there's also men who come who have so much pre-cum that it kind of like leaks and oozes. Um, one of the questions we got was from a man who's like, whenever he's turned on, he starts leaking pre-cum, even when he doesn't have an erection, um, and it will cause like wet spots in his genes, right? So I think like how much is normal, um, zero to 100? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's one of those things that you don't really need to worry about. Like the, you're not really going to be able to affect it, um, but like, it's any any amount that you're producing is probably normal. <laughs> um, and I think that unless it's like impacting your life. So if that I I actually don't know what that guy could do that's having <laughs> wet spots in his pants. But I think that unless it's like severely impacting your life, like it could be for him, then it's not a problem. Um, and I mean, in a lot of ways, pre-cum is helpful. Um, and so, you know, just think about that quality about it. Um, and I do want to talk about safety with pre-cum also. So while we're uh, still a little bit there talking about sexually transmitted diseases. So we know that um, pre-cum is actually kind of cleansing out, getting ready, but it can also be carrying whatever was uh, most recently going through the urethra. So if there were recently ejaculation, then there could be um, actual ejaculate in the pre-cum, right? So, right, live sperm. Right. So we talk about somebody could actually get pregnant from pre-cum or get a sexually transmitted disease if somebody has ejaculated recently. So it also can very easily spread chlamydia and gonorrhea um, and even HIV. So all of those fluids can be there. So it's really important, um, especially if you're with new partners, to make sure that you are protecting yourself um, with the pre-cum, uh, protecting yourself and from pre-cum. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that we talk about always putting the condom on as soon as you start engaging in some type of sexual activity with someone with a penis. Um, like as soon as there's an erection and you're starting to play around, like putting the condom on then, because that's the only way that you're going to make sure that all of the liquids that are coming out of that penis are contained. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so if you are somebody who has just a ton of pre-cum and it's a problem, like some couples have uh, com complained about pre-cum, there's so much that the thing that penises or no, that vaginas or anuses become over lubricated or the mouth is just full and it's dripping out everywhere. There are some things that you can do. We know that uh, pre-cum stimu is stimulated by DHT. It's just a kind of testosterone, a special kind mm -hmm. of testosterone. It's the same kind that makes men go bald. I wonder if there's a correlation between men who go bald and higher levels of pre-cum. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, there are some medications that block DHT. Uh, that's the kind of testosterone. Um, but if you take those, it also has some other negative sexual side effects, right? So you really have to balance it. And if, if it's really negatively impacting, you should go talk to a doctor about 
what's going on. And if necessary, there are some drugs that they can prescribe you for not for pre or for there being too much pre-cum. And I mean, that's only if if the DHT is super high, which it, I mean, it could just be a normal level for you. So if if somebody's what had too high levels of DHT, then we would want to um, maybe control that a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, but overall, like like the question, how much pre-cum is normal, however much you're making? And if it's excessive, <laughs> then there's some things that you can do. Um, and I don't think there's anything as not enough, right? So this is one of those things, though I guess some people probably expect it to be there. I don't know. Um, but all of these questions about cum uh, just get me thinking back to how much insecurity men have over their body and their their genitalia and their reproduction and their sex. And we don't talk about it very much. And that's why I was so excited to bring up this question and talk about it with Spring and with all of the listeners, because I think that we kind of do a disservice to men whenever their insecurities are sort of left out of this body image conversation. And I think it's a funny way for us to kind of get in there and say, hold up, like men are insecure about their bodies, but they're also insecure care about everything else about their bodies great <laughs> but what can we do about it um i mean the reason why we're here talking to you about the, the ah. this is that there's nothing to be insecure about in how much you come or don't come and being weirded out by come or not we're being weirded out by come or uh by how much pre-cum you do or don't make right there's nothing weird about it everything is within normal ranges like you're just it's all normal functioning and the kind of comparisons that we make to either pornography or previous partners don't matter really as long as you're being a, an attentive good partner with whoever you're with now or in the future. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, if you're insecure about something, I mean, I'm going to go back to our uh, consistent advice about communication. I think that, you know, when you bring up something that you're actually insecure about with your partner, it's actually a great place to, you know, have a little vulnerability with that person to actually, you know, talk about things that you both might be insecure about during sexual activities um, and like get a little uh, humor and reassurance actually from your partner. And I think you'll find, you know, just talking about some of those things instead of letting them like kind of simmer under the surface while you're having sex and like starting to freak you out makes it much easier. And if you can just say like, Ooh, look how much come there was that time. Does that seem like it was more like, how much does it usually seem like? Like, I mean, you can just have little discussions about these things and like uh, start to make it um, just normalize it, you know. And the more that we have conversations, the less stigma there is, the less uh, kind of worry we put onto these things. Mm. So I think that's about it for the show. If uh, you have any questions or comments or follow up, just let us know. Um, hey, Spring, do you have a come tip today? Oh, my God. <laughs> Mostly, I just want to like use all of these jokes forever. Um, I kind of just like love talking about how long we've been <laughs> having, having this episode coming. Um, we've been edging it for a long all, time. We have, and like how many seamen are here right now, or just it's just all stuck in my head. There's just so many. So much, so, so much. So my tip for the day um, is 
I've said it a hundred times. I keep saying it. Sex is weird. It's funny smells. It's funny flavors. It's funny fluids. It looks funny. It sounds funny. Um, and if you go into it with all that kind of built in, whenever there's an issue of grossness or am I normal, you can have that conversation that Spring was just talking about because you can laugh about it just a little bit. Um, but I think that's about it. Uh, so if you have any other questions, like I said about this, or if you have any other questions about love, sex, or relationships, uh, please let us know. We'd love to talk with you about it. Um, our email is thesexwrap at gmail.com. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And check out our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Sex Rap. Thanks, everyone. And don't forget, follow us. Follow us. <laughs> Right, because we have our 20K giveaway. 20K giveaway. All right. Bye, everybody. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.